Welcome to Raising Parents 2.0, where we learn to take fear and worry out of life and parenting and lead with love and leadership. I'm your host, Saloni Singh, a mom, a life, family and self-mastery coach. Every week, I'm interviewing inspiring people from all walks of life to talk about the essential ingredients to create a life that inspires you, your children and make a positive impact in the world too. A life you love living. In this episode, I'm talking to Simone Canego, a super inspiring mom of six children, an author and motivational speaker. And we are talking about the funny, messy, raw, real challenges parents face in day-to-day life with their children. Simone is a motivational speaker, mother to six children, and an entrepreneur. Simone holds both a Bachelor of Science in Accounting and a Master of Accounting from the University of Florida. In her new best-selling book, she details her journey of adopting three of her six children, her climb of Mount Kilimanjaro, and all of the funny, scary, and inspiring stories that come along the way. In her book, The Extraordinary, Unordinary You. So I can't wait to talk to her and listen to these amazing stories of motherhood, entrepreneurship, and being an author as well. So join me in welcoming my amazing, lovely guest, Simone Knegel. Hi. I'm so Hi. I'm so honored to be here today. Hi, Simone. Welcome to the podcast. And I'm so, so excited for having you as a guest. Thank you. Again, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> but when we were speaking, there were so many things, you know, I loved when I was speaking to you. I would love to start from the title of your book, the Extraordinary, Unordinary You. So where did it come from and what does it mean for you? So I think for a long time, most of my life and still sometimes now, I would, when I would talk about myself, I would say, I'm just an ordinary girl. I'm an ordinary girl. Um, and I think that you know, we all have these parts, right? So yes, you know, we're all ordinary, but we all are unordinary and we all are extraordinary as well. We, ha- we have all these pieces inside of us that lead to these amazing moments. And so I wanted to make sure that I captured that in the title of the book, understanding that we are all unique and we all matter. Wow, awesome. And uh, there's a lot of, you know, things you have shared in the book and uh, being a mother. So first thing that actually inspired you to write this book, I I want to know that inspiration behind it. So I was doing some public speaking and I, I, it's actually kind of funny because I would, I would finish and people would say, do you have a book? And I'd say, no, I don't have a book. And they're like, you should write a book. And I was like, but I'm not a writer. And, you know, I it was like the back and forth and it happened many times. And then I was like, okay, maybe I should put it all down on, on paper. Maybe I should write a book. And again, those limitations that we put on ourselves thinking, oh, I'm not a writer. I can't write a book. Yeah, I can write a book. Like I can put my stories down. I'm a storyteller. This is what I love to do. So, you know, again, I don't think we should limit ourselves. And that's, that's what I was doing to myself. So, uh, and now it's in a book. Awesome. So it's about really not limiting ourselves and really being the fullest expression of who we are. Amazing. So uh, as you know, uh, I want to to know really, as you have three of your own children and three adopted children, for really all the moms out there who might be thinking about adoption or who have adopted children, I'm sure it's 
pretty challenging and quite a journey. So I really want to know about your journey. What has, how has been your experiences, you know, being a mother of six children and also the journey of adoption as well. So being a mother of six children is um, chaos every day, um, but it's exactly how I love it. You know, it's, um, you know, adoption was the path, the journey. It was, it was definitely difficult because, you know, when we look at our children, in order for a child to come up for adoption, obviously they have to have suffered some kind of loss and they're starting, they're starting at a point of loss, right? They've lost everything that whether they were a baby or a, an infant or a, you know, a child, you know, they, they lost everything before they, you know, came into our family. And so, you know, we're trying to figure out, okay, how do we do all this? Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been really fortunate. We, you know, our older kids from the beginning, they, you know, they just, we, we would take a vote actually, um, as a family to, because if every, everybody had to be on board, it was such an important thing to make sure that everybody's going to be part of this process because everybody's going to help raise this child. It's not just me. Um, it takes a village, especially when you get to six, um, you definitely need the other kids to be, you know, to be willing to, you know, be, be part of the whole, the whole process. And so there was a lot of paperwork. There was, um, okay. The kids did not do the paperwork, uh, <laughs> but you know, the, once, once the kids were home, you know, it was really the whole family working together, uh, to make sure we were doing our best. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. And, uh, how did really children respond to this? So, oh, you know, if you would ask my kids today, they would say, uh, can we have another sibling? Can we adopt another child? Yeah, I know. Um, you know, they just really do. They love other kids. They love having a big family. Um, I don't know if I told you this one story about there was a, a summer where all the kids were away at summer camp, except for our youngest daughter. Okay. And, um, so one of our friends said, how is it being the only child? And she said, I'm not the only child. I'm the lonely child because they're so used to, you know, having, you know, somebody around, you know, choices, they have choices. And then to be alone for a few weeks, she really, she definitely felt pretty lonely to not have the other kids around to, to play with. But, you know, the kids were always really, um, from the beginning, the older ones were really supportive. Um, you know, and again, going back to that, you know, taking, you know, a vote to decide, do we move forward with an adoption? Mm. And I remember for Millie's, Millie is our youngest child. And so um, when we were deciding about, okay, do we move forward with another adoption? Um, we took our vote and instantly Olivia wrote down her answer on a piece of paper and pushed it over to me. And I said, Olivia, you didn't even hesitate. Um, and she said to me, mom, we're talking about the life of another child. How could anyone vote? No. So that basically says it all. They, you know, they were, they were on board from the beginning. I'm sure at first it was kind of like, oh, wow, we get a new sibling, but you know, really once it got down to it, I think they were so impacted in such a positive way by, you know, having this big family that it's been, you know, a really amazing, crazy journey for all of us. Oh, 
I, I can I can't even really to be honest I can't pretend that I can imagine it because I I really cannot I'm just trying to really take it in and really feel how it would be but as you said Simon that every day as a mom it's a chaos so <laughs> I want to know like how what kind of challenges you had because really I really love these kind of raw conversation where we can talk openly about the challenges of you know parenthood and how did you deal with that we have lots of challenges <laughs> um and 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 that's part of being a parent right so no matter you know what issues you you have you know that's there's no manual there's nothing that tells you what to do uh you have to do what works for for you and for your child and your children um you know we've so challenge wise i mean for example, Noah. So Noah is our son. He's 14. He's from South Korea. He was a baby when he came home. He was four months old. Right. And so I traveled to, um, with my oldest son, we traveled together to bring Noah home. And obviously that was 14 years ago. And, you know, here I am, I have three children already and I'm thinking I've got this, you know, this, you know, this is, <laughs> I've already done this three times. No. <laughs> so um, we get on the plane uh, in Seoul and the flight is 18 hours from Seoul to Chicago and Noah cried for 16 hours. So oh. I stood in the galley the entire time trying everything that I knew to try. And I was just thinking, how can I already be failing? <laughs> you know, and you know, that obviously not the right mindset, but, um, you know, it was really tough. And I think I was like, am I making, did I make the wrong choice? Not, not for me, but for him, like what, you know, this, this poor child, like I, you know, he's cried for 16 hours. Um, but again, I think we, we, we learn, right. We have a struggle. We, we make mistakes, we have failures, we learn from them and then we move forward. Um, I mean, that's an example of, of one struggle that, that we've had, um, but you know, and, it's and part you, of parenting. Yeah. And, and were you calm? Were you okay? Were you panicking? How, how were you feeling in that moment? I think I felt really guilty. Um, I think that I felt just so bad for him because, you know, again, even though he was a baby, you know, the, the crying actually started when we left um, his foster mom. And as soon as we left that, he started crying. Then we got him calmed down. But then when we went to the airport the next morning, same thing again. And, you know, I, yeah, I felt it was hard, you know. And again, I was tired. I probably haven't slept in days. So add that to it. Um, but I did. I felt really bad. I felt um, like, wait, I'm not capable of this. And then I had to take a step back and say, okay, come on, you know, like, this is a bump in the road. Don't make it into a mountain and, you know, you know, figure out what's going to, what's going to work. And, you know, later, years later, we finally, you know, because Noah has a lot of sensory issues. He, um, oh, he hated brushing his teeth when he was little. There's so many things. And, you know, he was diagnosed with ADHD and he's on the autism spectrum and, you know, so all of these pieces, it kind of like, finally, like things fell into place and we're like, ah, this makes sense now. This makes sense now. Um, but I think that we're, we're so hard on ourselves as parents that, 
you know, what will someone else think? And that was my mindset at the time that, you know, the people were opening the curtains to look and see whose baby was crying. And, you know, I was trying my best. And I think as parents, that's what we do. We have to do our best. You know, there's no such thing as perfection. And absolutely. I love what you just shared, Simone. And I think as moms and dads, we have to continuously remind ourselves of this, that we are doing our best, even if that's not working in that moment, even if we don't have a clue. Because uh, I really uh, like this, because I think as parents, we are under tremendous pressure in current times. Like when we look out on social media, like as coaches, as us, you know, authors, we talk about a lot of positive, you know, motivational realities. Life is hard. There are challenges as parents. Every single day, it could be a very small thing. It could be your child just feeling sad and depressed, and you don't know what to do about it at all. But you are there, and I think yeah. that I think it 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 is like it comes with parenthood. It's a very natural thing that we we are we just get it right. So yeah. uh, you mentioned about having uh, children from different countries, yeah. How has been that experience of bringing home children? from different countries and uh, were there any challenges with that so you know honestly i think that for us it's been such a positive thing you know we we maybe we see the word world differently i'm hoping that we don't i'm hoping that this is kind of i mean i think we see the world the way the world should be seen which is that it doesn't matter what color you are, what what religion you are, none of that stuff matters. The only thing that matters is that you're human and that you're kind and that you're compassionate and that you care for other people. Um, and so, you know, from the beginning, we we would always say that we, you know, that there's no, we don't, we don't, we see color, which is very important. I think that, you know, because if, if we said that we didn't see color, then we would say that, you know, you're not acknowledging the person for who they are. So we see color, but we respect each person for exactly who they are. And so the things that we tried to do, you know, we tried to incorporate some foods. Um, a lot of the art in our house is from Ethiopia. Um, you know, the funny, the funniest part is though, you know, we, we talked about foods for South Korea and Noah is again with his sensory issues, the pickiest eater. Um, he eats like five different things. That's about it. <laughs> so, you know, again, all of these things as a parent that we're, you know, we're trying, you know, oh, he won't eat this, you know, let's try this and he won't eat this. Let's try this. And finally you're like, okay, is it, th- you know, what's going to work? This is, this is working right now. Let's just let it be. You know, <laughs> yeah. Amazing, amazing. That's beautiful. And I just, as I'm, I'm listening to you, I'm just feeling it's, and it happens through many times in parenting journey that it's not that we are giving or you know we are teaching our children, but we are learning so much. <sighs> yeah, we. I mean, I have, I have learned so much from my kids. Um, patience. Let me tell you, what I the patience that I thought I had at three kids versus the patients I have at six kids, completely different. Like I, you know, and, and all of these experiences have brought me to a different understanding. You know, when you have a child who cries for 16 hours on a plane, you know, you kind of have to figure out, okay, how do I deal with this? And, and how do I deal with these things moving forward? Same thing with Noah, when he was a baby, every time he got in the car, he cried every, so it didn't matter if we would go for, you know, 15 minutes or three hours, he would cry. And 
So what we finally did for the older kids is we got them each a set of headphones for the car so that they, they, you know, didn't hear him crying because there was nothing we could do. We couldn't fix it. This is just what he did when he, he didn't like being in the car. Um, but, you know, I think that we really do, you know, as parents, we, we want to fix everything right away, right? Like we want everything to be just so, and, you know, the kid's hair has to be perfect and their lunches have to be, you know, perfect. And, and, you know, that's, we just have to do our best and our kids have to know that they're loved. Those are the two things that I always think about. So. Absolutely. I love what you said that I think as parents, we are always trying to, you know, fix things for our children. And it's all about, as you said, just letting them be because there's so many things you actually can never fix for them. And it's okay. It's okay if things are not perfect. So uh, you mentioned, uh, Simone, that uh, about ADHD, Noah having ADHD. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what has been your journey, learning journey, I would say with that? And I'm sure there must have been a lot of learnings and lessons and how you dealt with that. How, how was that experience? Definitely. So he, um, you know, when he was younger, it was really difficult because again, when you're talking about in a classroom, you know, at home we're you know, like, this is, this is, this is Noah, right? This isn't, um, you know, and we're not trying to change our children, right? Our kids are exactly who they are. And, you know, but when you're in a classroom or you're at a birthday party and, you know, other people are struggling with, you know, how your child is behaving, it makes it that much more difficult. And, you know, what I really would, what I really hope is that, you know, people will start, you know, looking at, children at people and just saying that this is who they are and not saying that, well, they're not normal. And, you know, that, that was sometimes the, you know, response that we would get. And we're like, well, what is normal, right? Like, you know, why are we, why, why are you judging? Um, and I think it's so important that we, we kind of, you know, look at, they're all individuals and, you know, those were some of the things that we, we really struggled with. And I think that it's been, we've learned so much. And I think the biggest thing is really kind of just looking at our kids and saying, you're exactly who you're supposed to be. And don't try to change yourself into something else. Awesome. You are exactly what you're supposed to be. Don't try to change anything. Uh, how how beautiful and loving that is. I, think I, I really hope that we all can do that to our children. Yeah. And without making them feel that there's something that needs to be fixed. That's the message they get when we are trying to tell them how they can be better than they who they are actually. Right. They get the what's wrong with you, you know, like and you know, and you know, you don't want your kids to to go through life thinking, well, I have something wrong with me. No, this is who you are, and you know, be proud of who you are. Easier said than done, I know. Um, especially when it's one thing if they just just stayed sheltered in the house all the time, but you know, they have to go out in the world. And so they do have to learn that, you know, skills to be able to interact and, you know, self-control and all of those things. But, you know, understanding that, you know, the patience that it takes is really one of the most important things. Absolutely. We feel like pushing children, a lot of parents feel actually that pushing them, encouraging them, constantly telling them actually will bring results. But as you said, I think it's all about unconditionally accepting and being patient with them. Actually, that's the magic with the kids. Always. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I think that, you know, we, um, you know, we have to guide them, you know, there's like, it's not just that. Okay. It's okay to just like tear up the classroom. No, you know, but understanding, you know, so that they, they, they have the self-esteem, they have the self-confidence, um, and understanding who they are. Yes, yes, absolutely. Coming to your own journey, Simone, I remember, uh, and, uh, talking to you about your climb on the, <laughs> I want to know how did that come to you and how was that experience and did it make an impact on the way you think or the way you live? My husband was invited to uh, climb Kilimanjaro. A friend of his had climbed it the year before. And of course, the way I tell the story is that uh, his friend called him and he said, basically, one, two, three, no, thank you. Call Simone. And so, you know, they called me and they said, you know, would you be interested in climbing Kilimanjaro? And it was for um, an organization raising money uh, for uh, cancer patients. And so I thought, you know, okay, not only do I get to climb a mountain, but uh, we're adding in philanthropy with it. So this sounds perfect to me. And I trained for six months. Is this something that I had ever thought that I was going to do? No. Is it something that I had ever done before? No. But, you know, I think that's also a really important thing is that not limiting ourselves based on, you know, oh, I, I, I wouldn't be capable of that or I couldn't do that. If you want to do it, you know, you put the time in, you put the hard work in, you can absolutely do it. So I, I said yes. And it really was, it really was life-changing. You know, I, I climbed with people I didn't know. There were 16 of us, uh, perfect strangers. And I learned so much from this group. I learned so much about myself and really, you know, one of the biggest things is, you know, looking, looking back down when I finished this journey and saying, okay, I made it to the top and kind of really understanding all of these things that have happened in my life, you know, brought, brought me to this moment in time. I think sometimes we look at, uh, I had this failure or I made this mistake and how do I move forward? But I think what we realize along our journey is that when we look, you know, through all of the things that we've done, we're where we are right now because of all of these moments in time. So I'm sitting here with you right now because of all these moments in time. And so, and I really learned, again, going back to not limiting myself and I really realized what I was capable of that, you know, and I don't have to look at something and say, oh, I couldn't do this because I've never done this before. It's more like, if you want to do it, try it, put in the work, try it. I love that. I love that. And, you know, as a mom, I think so many times we kind of hold ourselves back. I, I really hope any mom who's listening to you right now, Simone, and maybe they love to, you know, do mountaineering or they want to do something like that, marathon or whatever, but they hold themselves because they think, oh, because I'm a mom, because I have children at home, so how can I take time out, you know, away from my children? So this is the question which is coming to my mind now that how, what helped you actually? Because uh, I believe you mentioned that you were away for a couple of weeks for mm -hmm. this. And of course, as a mom, we always worry about our children. It doesn't matter how they are, how independent they are. So uh, what really helped you and what support you had? Because I think support is needed. 
because yeah. I'm somebody I keep on going to, you know, spiritual retreats for 10 days. I have gone on silent retreats where they couldn't even, you know, get in touch with me. I know I know the support of my family really helped yeah. me make that decision and those were the best times because I came back home so much rejuvenated and, and a better mom I know that yeah for sure I you know my my family was really supportive when I said that this is what I wanted to do they they at first they were like okay seriously you're you're gonna climb a mountain I was like yes I am and you know really once I started training and really got into it they're like my mom's gonna climb a mountain and you know, my husband was very supportive. Um, my mom lives in town, so she helped with the kids as well. You know, it was a it was a group effort, right? Like they had to the teachers the teachers knew actually. I was, I um, my daughter's class. I was giving them updates as much as I could about so they were following my climb, which was really which was really cool. But I think that as moms a lot of times that, you know, we, we feel like we have to be there for everything that, you know, it's well, one, it's not going to get done the right way. You know what? They'll do fine. It's, it's okay to, to let someone else help out. And the kids appreciate you more when you come back for sure. They're like, oh, that sandwich didn't get made the way you like to make it. Okay. Well, you know, but you survived, you had a sandwich. Um, but, you know, I think that we also, you know, we're supposed to be selfless. This is the the impression. This is what you know. The world tells us what society tells us. As a mom, yeah, you have to be selfless. You have to give all of yourself to raising your kids. And I think it's important, especially now, for our kids to say and to see that you know you need to take some time for yourself. You need self care. You need to to do things that that are important to you because th that's what your kids see. So that. You know, the, that moment, what did my kids see? Yes, I was gone for two weeks and they might not have gotten the sandwich that they wanted, but, you know, their mom climbed a mountain and that's a pretty big deal, you know? So it's kind of, you know, showing them that the same kind of thing for them, that if this is something that you want, you can do whatever you want to do as long as you put in the hard work for it. So I, I think that it's such a great lesson and you're exactly right. You know, anytime I've gone somewhere and come back, I feel like a better mom because my patience level is there. You know, I, all of these things where, you know, I was like, Ooh, I need a break. And you come back and you're like, Oh, I'm so much better now. And I think it's so important. Absolutely. And I think in the hindsight, we are teaching our kids how to take care of themselves as mm -hmm. well, because they are going to become parent one day. So I think that's a, a good, you know, being a good role model as well, that yes, you know, I am a human being as well. And I can desire things for myself. Yeah for that so I, I think you're absolutely right this does a great deal of good things for the children even though they might miss us and might feel you know okay there are things they're not getting the way they want yeah. also i feel simon that uh as a mom as you said that we don't have to do it all alone and we, everything doesn't have to be perfect it's okay if if some days they can just you know kind of barely survive it's fine <laughs> think yeah. how's clean and <laughs> Well, and and the power, and there is a role of community as well. I feel in that. Like nowadays, I see that. Uh, I don't know about your childhood, but when I was a child, there was such a great sense of community, and I've seen over years now it's being lost. And, mm -hmm. and uh, we are in nuclear families, and sometimes we don't even know our neighbors. And what do you think about this? Because uh, I feel it's a huge power in you know having a community of like-minded people supporting. Yeah. So when I was a child. Um... 
you know, we knew all, all our neighbors. We were always, you know, all of the kids were always together all of the time. And, you know, if my mom was, my mom uh, is a retired physician. So when she was, if she was working and something happened, I could always go to the neighbor's house. Like that was, you know, such a big thing. And you're right. These days, like, I have to be honest, I have two neighbors that I've never even met. And that's crazy, right? Like that, that we are kind of missing out on that, that piece because the power of community is so important. I think we though, I think though, if we don't have it like, you know, right next door to us, I think that we, we do create it in other ways. So like our group of friends, that's like our community. It's just different than from when I was a kid. Um, but I think it's still there. I think we just have to look a little harder for it now. Yes. And, and, and even I feel that we have to create it because sometimes like we're feeling like, okay, it's not there. Okay. What can I do to create it? What can I do to initiate maybe? Maybe other people are also feeling the same that, okay, we, we're missing that community. Theme. Yeah. yeah. I think that, and, and I think that's, you know, this is such a great conversation because, you know, really understanding that it doesn't just have to be there, right? If, if this is something important, you can, you can create it and, having your friends that that will help you and reaching out and offering to help other people um, really, you know, kind of creating this community for your family, whether it's your friend groups or through school or, you know, there's so many different places that it's not just like my neighbors when I was a kid, but, you know, this bigger, bigger group and you have to, you know, it might take a little bit more work, but it's still so important. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, is there anything particular from your book, Simone, that you would like to share? It could be an experience or any challenge uh, that would be good for our listeners. Yeah, I, I mean, there's so <laughs> there's so many things. Um, you know, I think that really understanding that in my book, what I I like to share everything. I didn't just share the moments that were the shiny moments or, you know, the, the triumphs. I think it's important to, to share our struggles as well because we all struggle. And, you know, I think that it really, it connects us by, by being able to, you know, put out there, here's, you know, here's the struggles that I have or the ridiculous moments that, that I have. Uh, I was telling a story earlier about, um, my daughter, we were, we were in Italy and we were at my best friend's wedding. So there was the three, three kids with us. We only had three at the time. And so my husband said, Oh, I'll take the kids for the day. Why don't you go with your best friend? And, you know, they had a, a an event for us to go to. And I said, okay, I'll go to the event. You take the kids. Sure. So he took the kids into the local town. And as soon as they got there, one of the kids had to go to the bathroom. And of course, this is this is why the story is important because again, as parents, I think we're just too hard on ourselves. So he gets to the town and it has an automatic bathroom. So basically the way it works is you put in a coin, it opens up, you go in, you use the restroom, you come back out and when you come back out the door closes and it and it washes itself an automatic wash cycle well what happened was they were waiting there the door opened a woman walked out my daughter ran in the door closes 
the wash cycle goes on. So my daughter is locked in the bathroom, getting washed by the lot with the wash cycle, and they can't get the door open to get her out because it's locked. It's automatic. Yeah. And right. What, what can you do? Right. So the, the door finally opens, she's soaking wet from head to toe. And, you know, my husband was like, oh, I'm sure he was, I'm sure my daughter was probably like, this wouldn't have happened if mom was here. Okay. That's not true. Uh, but so she, you know, they, they walk around the, the town and she finally dries out and they get back to, uh, the house where we're staying. And one of the other, uh, parents looks at him and says, you said Olivia was complaining about her feet hurting. And he said, yeah. And he, and the friend said, well, well, Rob, look at her feet. She's got her shoes on the wrong feet. So not only did she get washed by the bathroom, but uh, my husband put her shoes on the wrong feet. So she walked around that way all day long. So again, as parents, we we make mistakes. It's important to share that like we are human and it's okay to make mistakes. And you know, you, you learn lessons, you pay attention to the shoes uh, and then you learn how to use the automatic bathroom, all of those kinds of things that, you know, again, there's, there's no handbook. You just do your best. Such a hilarious. I was remembering you shared this with me earlier. That is such a funny story. And it is so, so honest that we do make mistakes all the time. Yeah. So many times we forget things, like and or children, and oh my god, you didn't send that email. Yeah, I'm so sorry. And it's just about are we beating ourselves for that? Because there's so many moms, you know, who tell me that constantly I'm feeling guilty about, you know, not being on the top of things, not able to do everything the way, you know, I want, my children want, and we are so hard on ourselves. Yeah. I'm hoping that it really rings a bell for all the parents here. Yeah. I, you know, I think that I was actually um, reading an article the other day about the difference between being hard on yourself and having mental toughness. So when you're hard on yourself and, you, you know, and, and, people tend to be hard on themselves. Um, it actually ends up with leading to procrastination because you're so scared to make a decision because you're not sure that you're going to be able to follow through that you just decide, well, I just won't do it right now. Whereas mental toughness, you know, you're still, you'll, you're still hard, right? You're moving forward, but you look at all of your mistakes as lessons and they don't stop you. They, they propel you forward because you know, it's just, you know, part of your journey and that you make a mistake and it's okay. You'll, you'll learn from it and you move forward and you don't make that same mistake again. So I thought that was really interesting when I read that. Cause I was like, okay, such an important thing that to, to understand, especially as a parent that we don't need to be so hard on ourselves and we just need to, you know, really learn from our mistakes, move forward and understand that we're going to make another mistake tomorrow because that's how it works and be okay with that. <laughs> I absolutely love that really being hard versus being mentally tough because you're so right when we are being hard we are so scared of making mistakes again and again and then in the process actually we make I've seen that for myself we make more mistakes isn't yep. it yeah, yeah. And then we beat ourselves uh, you know to guilty and we feel so bad and, and we procrastinate and, and, and interestingly what I've noticed that when I work with parents and families in the process, our children are learning to do exactly the same as well because our voices are becoming their internal voices and they are now being hard on themselves and doing the same thing as well. So this was beautiful. Like really, rather than being, you know, being hard, be mentally tough. Okay, yeah. I made a mistake. Okay, this is yeah. what I need and I'm going to move forward. <laughs> yeah. Know? 
And if honestly, if I, if I, and I used to be hard on myself, but if I were so hard on myself all the time, I wouldn't be able to move forward at all because with six kids, imagine, imagine the amount of mistakes I make. So like, I wouldn't be able to make a decision, but you know, instead I had to kind of take a step back and not look at it like that and really look at it like, okay, that happened now. Like how, how am I moving forward? So Awesome. Awesome. So this, this is coming to my mind. I want to uh, you to give us three biggest lessons you have taken from your motherhood journey. Ooh, uh, so I would say first one is, and this is what really the underlying theme of my, my book, my life is, is really um, that we don't need to change who we are. We need to change the way we see ourselves. Again, that goes back to being too hard on ourselves, comparing ourselves to others. I think it's so important. The only person you should compare yourself to is yourself. How did you do yesterday versus how did you do today? And, you know, and even then it's okay. Um, so that would be the first thing, um, you know, the importance of patience. I, I think that's a, another thing is that, you know, really um, understanding and saying that. I'm not going to get frustrated about this because in the whole scheme of things, does it really matter? No, it doesn't really matter. In two days from now, is it going to matter? No, it's not going to matter. So really, you know, taking a step back and, and having patience. And I would say the third thing would be how much we learn from our kids and not just how much our kids learn from us. And so I might've told you the story of the day I was driving with my daughter and we were uh, waiting to uh, get a cup of coffee and I was waiting in line. And as I was waiting in line in my car and, you know, someone cut in front of me and, and I was so frustrated because I'm like, this person cut me off. And, and my daughter's like, okay, first of all, mom, I think you need to reread your own book. You know, she's like, you're getting frustrated about nothing. And which is always great when, when my kids tell me that, but also like, does, is this, is this really important? No, it's not important, you know? So I think really seeing how much our kids can, you know, can teach us and, you know, they're, they're brutally honest, right? They're, they're kids. They, they say, they say what they feel. And I think that's so important. I think sometimes we, we hide our feelings too much. We hide our emotions too much because we're so scared, you know, that we're going to do something wrong or it's not going to be successful. And our kids are like, let's just do it. So I think uh, those would be my three things. Awesome. Awesome. That's so true. Really. Kids are so present in the moment and actually they can show you the mirror. <laughs> they yes. You're open to see if you're really open and okay to learn from them. And it was so beautiful. And I can so, you know, correlate with that. Anytime I'm doing something, you know, a little bit of raising my voice and my kids would go, mom, you are a parents coach. Do you know you can't do that? <laughs> I'm like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. You know, to be patient, to be really kind, and to notice your tone. Are you are you doing that to us? And I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that you. And and that big, you know, joke in our house that okay, you you can't. Do yeah. That. Well, yeah, it's such a mirror. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Actually. You're right. Yeah. And, and I think that's important. Again, they see everything. You know, they hear everything, and you know, they're, they're totally gonna, you know, call you out on, you know, anything that you're doing. But 
And, and they're right. You know, I think it's important because it's, it's a, such a good reminder of, you know, really, wait, was that a big deal? No, that wasn't a big deal. Why are we making a big deal out of it? And, you know, so it, it's so, it's so great to have that, you know, reinforcement that, you know, the, the backup of, of the children to, you know, correct us as we're, as we're struggling with something or to build us up, you know, again, they're, they're the ones who will always, no matter what say, oh, you look so beautiful and, and they mean it, right. They mean it. So, um, really best things ever. Believing that as well, because yeah. they are really coming from the place of, you know, bottom of the heart. Wow. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Okay, if if a mom is listening to I, I would say if you're thinking about adoption, do it. It again, three three of the six best things uh, my husband and I have ever done, and you know, it really has opened up our eyes to the world and have has been completely life changing. Actually, not just for our family, but for our friends as well. Really seeing the world differently, and I think that has been had had such a big big impact. Um, and I think when you're going through a challenge or a struggle, I think also understanding that that's what's happening right now. It's not going to be happening probably in two days from now or tomorrow or, and if it is like you work through it in that moment, but I think we focus on the, you know, when we're, when we're in a struggle that it's the end of the world and, you know, there's no way to, to move forward through it. But I think there's always a way to move forward. I mean, some struggles are bigger than others, but I think that if we really look at our situations and and not get so frustrated and not get so angry and and really have the the patience to say, okay, for right now, you know, yes, this is really challenging, and hopefully tomorrow it's going to be a little bit better, and hopefully the next day it's going to be a little bit better. But I think if we make it into um, more than it even is, which is sometimes what we do is when there's a, a situation that we're struggling with, you know, that's all we think about. That's all we focus on. And I think it just, it makes it even more difficult because we're not seeing anything else positive that's happening. I try to see, I try to look for something positive in every situation, no matter what it is. I, I really try to, um, I try to do that. And I do that with my kids. Again, they laugh at me or they make fun of me or they say, oh, really, mom, you're going to do that again? Yes, that's my job. That's my job. That's who I am. <laughs> yep. Yep. Find the positives and everything. Beautiful. That was really beautiful, Simone. So I want you to tell our listeners that where can they find your book and if they want to know more about you, where can they find that? So you can find my book on Amazon. It's on a lot of the online uh, bookstores. You can find me on my website, uh, simonecanego.com. And I am the only Simone Canego in the world, which is very exciting. So even if you spell it wrong, I think you're going to find me. Um, and I'm on all the, the social medias. Um, so I would love to, if you read my book, I would love to hear your feedback. If you have a question for me, shoot me an email. Again, I love the human connection piece. I love talking to people. I love hearing people's stories and I love sharing mine because I think that's how we, we impact the world and, and being able to just share all the things we're going through. Absolutely. I think sharing our stories is a very empowering act and it's very giving and loving to everyone we are sharing with. Thank yeah. you.
so much, Simon. It was so wonderful talking to you and listening to your story. I'm sure my listeners are inspired as well. Thank you so much for having me here. I, I really enjoyed it. That was a wonderful conversation with Simone. Extraordinary, unordinary you. I hope that you have taken some amazing lessons that about how not to be hard on ourselves and realize that we are always doing our best. Keep on learning from our children and keep on evolving to become the best human being, the best parent we can be through self-care, self-compassion and going for our dreams as well. I, I would ask you to ask yourself this question. What is one thing that you would like to go for? What is one dream or passion as a parent you would like to follow? And that would inspire your children big time. I would be sharing all the details of Simone's book in the show notes. And I want to share about, about a group coaching program that I create twice a year with a group of men and women, self-mastery in a soul circle. If you feel called for to join this program where we discuss in group and one-to-one -one as well, and I facilitate the journey to tap into our wholeness, to tap into our desires and dreams and start walking on the path of our highest potential as a human being and work on all the dimensions of our mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical physical being and if you want to apply for the same or want to know more about that you can send me an email at coach at salonisingh.com if you like this podcast do share it with other parents and leave a review for us on apple podcast or Castbox. i will look forward to see you in the next episode till then keep growing keep evolving and create a life that you love living and in the process inspire your children to create a wonderful life as well. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.